I think breaking down your goals into bite-sized pieces makes them a little bit more realistic versus like Mm -hmm. if you just have this real big grandiose goal that's kind of just, you don't really know how you're going to get there by working backwards and like figuring out how you, what you can do incrementally each month or each week in order to get there eventually is going to be key for you. Hey guys, and welcome back to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. I'm so excited because today I'm speaking with Taylor from Imperfect Taylor. Taylor started her Instagram account three years ago to document her debt-free journey and officially paid off $60,000 worth of student loan debt in 2020. Since then, she's been creating content around personal development with a focus on the topics of money, health, and career for determined women everywhere. Hey Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I was excited about this. So before we get started, how about you tell us a little bit about your money story and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So um, my money story started back in 2015 when I graduated college. I went to school in Virginia. I knew I was going to have student loan debt, but it didn't really hit me until six months after I graduated because I had a grace period, which meant I didn't have to make any student loan payments, which I'm sure you know. And then my student loan payments started kicking in in like November of 2015. And I realized for the first time that I had $60,000 of student loan debt. Yep. Remember that moment. Oh my gosh. So I really, I was really worried about it when I first learned that I had that much debt, but I didn't, it didn't really like resonate with me. I didn't really understand what I had gotten myself into. So for the first two years after like graduation, I kind of just lived as normal. I really thought debt was normal, especially student loan debt. A lot of people had told me, oh, you know, like everybody has it, you'll pay it off eventually. So yeah, for the first two years after college, I kind of just, I moved to a new city, started a new job, like was getting my paychecks for the first time ever. And I just, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. And I spent a lot of money and I made minimum payments on my student loans. I think my minimum payment was like $350 at the time. So I was just doing that every month. And then I got a new job after working two years at my first job as a data analyst. And I'm not really sure like what sparked everything for me, but I think maybe it was just the increase in pay that I got, a little slight bump increase in pay. And all of a sudden I was really interested in money and I Mm -hmm. started doing a little bit of research, stumbled upon Ramit Sadie of I Teach You, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his blog and then Mr. Money Mustache. And all of a sudden I learned like, okay, like I can retire earlier than like 65 and I don't have to be like super famous, super talented. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I can make, I can work in corporate and I can retire earlier if I'm just like smart with my money and I pay off my debt. And so that's the mindset I like ran with. And then shortly after that in 2019, I created my Instagram And that's when I just went like full force into everything because then I was like surrounded by not only people who are following me who also had debt and they were paying it off that like I could relate to, but also other women who were starting their own Instagrams and documenting everything too. It was just like so motivating. So yeah, a year after I started my Instagram, I made my final debt payment and officially paid off my student loan debt. So yeah, that was the first like 
yeah, that took me about four and a half years. And then now I kind of blog about money, health, and career for women. Yeah. As imperfect Taylor, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. No, I love that. And I love what you said too about the realization that you could retire early because a lot of people think that retirement is an age, but it's really not. Once you learn that it's a number that you're working towards, it's kind of a game changer. It was for me too. I'm like, oh Oh my gosh. Well, I'm retiring early. There's no question about that. I know, right? (laughs) I'm like, how can I do this as fast as possible? Yeah. (laughs) So funny. Okay. So let's go into more detail about your debt payoff journey because I think that's huge. So Can you tell us a little bit about some things that you did to help pay off? I know over $60,000 worth of debt. And then how long did it take you? Yes. Okay. So I know I kind of mentioned it It took me in total four and a half years, but towards the end, I got like really intense about it. So I paid off $36,000 of my $60,000 total, my final year of my debt-free journey. So I oh, like wow. really went pedal to the metal, but like and that was like the last year that you were running Instagram. That's like exactly, when you started. Exactly. Yeah, was, Isn't wow. that wild? Yeah. So um, a couple of things I did was before I started my Instagram, actually, I got a part-time job working at an ice cream shop. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan Street Food Hall in Raleigh. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. This is so funny because I've been there a million times and <laughs> I could have seen you. You, you might have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So yeah, that was really interesting. I wanted, like, I really wanted to make more money to just be put, be able to put it all toward my debt, but I really wanted whatever part-time job I was going to do to be really low key and low stress. So yeah, I did that for a year. I moved out of my like penthouse apartment, if you will, in downtown Raleigh to like the outskirts of town in order to lower my rent expense. And then I got a roommate for the first time since college. So I lived alone for five years after college about and then got a roommate. (laughs) I'm sure that was a tough transition. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She was great. It just, yeah. Like after like so many years of living on your own and then you go to roommate, it's like huge, like shock, big change, you know? Right. Yeah. I would say like getting promotions at work really helped. I think like one of the biggest things you can do just in general is increasing your income. So you have more money to put towards your debt. So Mm -hmm. I got promoted twice over the course of my debt-free journey. So that was really, really helpful. I just did all sorts of side hustles. So when I got really serious, I just started reaching out to everybody I knew, like, can I do like anything for you to like make money? (laughs) And um, I love the hustle. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So I had like a friend who had her business and I just did like admin work for her and she would pay me like $12 an hour. And I wrote blog posts for like a small recruiting company and they paid me like 10 bucks an hour or something like that. Babysitting. I had a coworker who had like a niece and nephew and I would go and babysit them like every couple weeks. All of this money went straight towards my debt. Like I didn't use a dime of it. That's so smart. Yeah. And then, I mean, I could like go on and on, but I, I didn't buy new clothes or new shoes for about a year. So I just like, I didn't really indulge in in anything, you know, buying wise. And then I think one of the biggest things, honestly, too, was just joining the debt-free community group in Raleigh. Oh, I don't even know about this. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this was like pre-pandemic. So it was like, oh man, it was a really, really small group, maybe like five to seven people. But um, I met two girls who had Instagrams becoming not poor in cat and curls. And 
we all paid off our debt like around the same time. And I think it's because we were just constantly talking, inspiring each other. So yeah, I mean, I could go on and on, but yeah, Yeah. there was just like anything and everything that I could do to make extra money or cut Mm -hmm. my expenses. I tried to do. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you can only cut your expenses so much though, especially these days, everything's getting more and more expensive. And it's like, I am not a fan of completely minimizing the quality of your life to pay off debt. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. Like, yes. Yeah. You need to eat healthy food. And like, there's some things that I've heard that you should do. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. That might be cutting a little close. (laughs) But increasing your income is huge because I feel like that is just such a powerful tool. You can have, yeah, more money to pay off debt, save. Like, there's so much that you can do when you increase your income. So, yeah, that's huge. And, of course, the support. Yes, yes. And I think, like, I probably should have started with, I think the first thing I did when I decided I wanted to pay off my debt was budget. Hmm. Like I had always heard, yeah, you should budget your money, you should budget. And I was like, that sounds so boring. Like, why would I want to do that? (laughs) But it helped me realize like, okay, how much money do I have coming in? What are my bills? Like, where's all of my money going? And do I have any extra money at the end of the month to put towards my student loan payments? And I might have had like an extra 100 or $200. And that's when I was like, okay, I really want to amp this up. So like, how can I bring in more money? Yeah. Yeah, that was really smart. So I know there's so many different debt payoff strategies. So there's like debt avalanche, debt snowball, a combination. Did you use any of those strategies or what did you do as far as paying off in the order that you paid off your debt? So technically, I did the debt snowball, but only because I only had two loans. One was about like, I think it was $5,000 and the other one was like $55,000. And I had a bunch of money in my savings and I called someone that I really looked up to and I was like, I have all this money and my, I have this one small loan. Do you think I should just pay it off with my savings? And they were like, absolutely. Oh my gosh. You know, you're accruing interest on that thing. Just get rid of it. So I paid off my smaller one first. So like naturally, I guess I did do the debt snowball, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think in, you know, now knowing what I know now, if I had more loans, I, I would have done the debt avalanche and started with the loan that had the highest interest rate for sure. Because interest just accrues so quickly. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Can you explain why you would do that? Yeah, because typically on your loans that have the highest interest rate, you are accruing interest on those loans faster than you are with your smaller loans that have a smaller interest rate. So on your student loans every single day, you are accruing interest. So if you start by paying off the ones with the highest interest rate, you're getting rid of the loans that are doing the most damage to your finances, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I always encourage debt avalanche for credit cards, for sure, because the interest rates are astronomical. Crazy. So if you have any credit card debt, definitely avalanche those. And then it goes either way for student loans because most student loan interest rates are pretty low anyway. Mm-hmm. So just do whatever will motivate you to stick with it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely advice. a big fan of, yeah, the debt avalanche to save as much money as possible. <laughs> yeah. Student loans are crazy these days. So whatever you can Oh my do. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so I know a lot of the content that you had on your Instagram under the handle Imperfect Finance was related to your debt payoff journey. So what inspired you to rebrand to Imperfect Taylor? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
I was so passionate about paying off my debt and I could create content around like my debt-free journey all day long. That's all I talked about. I'm sure my family and friends were like, just so annoyed with me. <laughs> like keep it on Instagram, Taylor. You don't also need to talk about it to us. Yeah. But um, I was just so passionate about like wanting to become debt-free and trying to get there. So when I finally did get there in May of 2020, I was like, well, you know, I was so passionate about that. Like, I'm sure I'll be like just as interested in investing, you know, I'll take that route. And I am in perfect finance after all. So I kind of felt like I had to stay with the money thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I really struggled to be honest for like a year because I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to like create all this content on investing. And I learned really quickly that I just was not as passionate about it as I was with trying to become debt free. And so, yeah, I battled with that for a while. Like, what am I going to do? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then I asked myself, like, what have I always been passionate about? And that's always come back to personal development. And so I was like, well, why don't I just like kind of go that route? So mm -hmm. I changed my handle from Imperfect Finance to Imperfect Taylor to be able to talk about more content than just money, than just finances. So now I still do talk about money, but I also kind of dabble in career and health specifically for women. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's good for people to know that like you don't have to stick with something that doesn't align with your lifestyle anymore. Like mm -hmm. you achieve that goal, which is great. So it doesn't necessarily fit in and maybe you yeah. don't want to talk about debt anymore. You want to talk about all these other things. So I think it's great that you ran with it. Yeah, it just like didn't really feel like authentic to me anymore. And mm -hmm. if you're going to, you know, be a content creator, like you're spending a lot of time like creating this content and in the thick of this, these topics. So you want to be interested in it, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's where that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Did part of it also have to do with maybe not feeling as relatable anymore to your audience? Because there's an a YouTuber that I follow. Her name's Asia Dang. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was documenting her like journey to pay off, I think 200K. And everyone was following her for her budget videos and like weekly check-ins or whatever. And then as soon as she paid it off, people were like, oh, you're not relatable anymore. And she's like, well, should I keep making these budget videos? But before a lot of us, it was like, no, that's still motivating because we saw you pay it off. And now we want to see like how your life changes afterwards. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So yeah, did you deal with that too? So I still, I've always like still felt relatable, but yes, like sometimes it is hard for me to come up with content because I'm like not in that same mindset anymore. So I'm like, mm -hmm. sometimes I have to take myself back to that time of my life, which is hard because I'm, I'm I tried so hard to move away from it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to oh, have sure. that. I don't want to be there anymore, you know? So yeah, sometimes I have to like transport myself back and like Mm -hmm. recall what it felt like to have debt and like, what did I do? Yeah. But yeah, kind of for sure. Like I, I really do resonate with that with Asia Ding because it is hard to like come up with content when you're not really in that space anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not fair, honestly, for <laughs> followers and just people to expect you to still stick with something that doesn't fit your life right now. So right, right. Yeah, and it's just I not think. fun. It's just not as fun. Like if you're not into right. it, like it's like, oh, yeah. so no, it's actually funny because I so when I started first hustle and brunch, it actually started out as like my debt payoff journey, like blog. So I was giving updates every month on my budget and how much I pay towards debt, whatever. And then over time, I got really into manifestation and just like mindset shifts. And 
everything I was hearing was like, stop focusing on debt, like focus on abundance. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Cause I'm like focusing way too much on the debt and it's keeping me in this like very fixed mindset. And mm. I just felt like I couldn't grow and yeah, I wasn't about it. Yeah. So I just kind of shifted and focused on which first hustle still, I was very into side hustles and that's what I was doing <laughs> to pay off the debt. So I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm going to shift towards more of that type of content. Yeah, the, that's you. You reminded me of something. Like, I think if I could tell anybody on a debt free journey now, I would say like I was one of those people who kind of thought like I'm going. To, it's okay if I'm miserable on this debt free journey because once I pay off my debt, like my life is going to be so much better and I'm going to be so happy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I okay. <laughs> you pay off the debt and like I I wonder how how other like if other people can relate to this, but. It is so exciting because you've accomplished this huge, huge thing. But at the same time, like it is a little bit anticlimactic, I think, because you wake up the next day and you don't have to deal with the thing that you've been constantly focusing on and battling for for years for some people. So it is Mm -hmm. a very like it's just a big change. And also like, yes, it's such a relief to pay off debt and to not have to owe people money. And and that's such a blessing, but like your life doesn't really like it. There's not like a, a flip, you know, a switch that's yeah. flipped and it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you can be happy now. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. So I would just say like practice being happy and like grateful for what you do have and like mm-hmm. enjoying your journey of learning about finances and practicing discipline and like being proud of yourself, like as you go. Yeah. Because it's you're it's really not so much changes, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's huge. And honestly, I think you can relate that to anything in life that you're working towards, right. any goal. It's yeah. like, oh, I'll be happy once I get this job or I'll be happy once I'm in a relationship or I'm happy if I do this yes. and that. And it's like, no, just work on being happy now and it'll all fall into place. So it will. Yeah, yes. I think that's good. Yeah. Very good advice. <laughs> So I know another story that you have shared on your Instagram under your new name has been about your time job hunting and mm-hmm. all the interviews that you went through to land your most recent job. Can you share a little bit more about that process and how you stayed motivated? Yeah, absolutely. So I went through 34 interviews. They were a mix <laughs> wow. of, yeah, phone interviews, video interviews, like take home tests and case studies. So I am kind of in the tech space. So I do deal with a lot of like coding. And so some of my interviews were like testing my coding skills and stuff like that. But yeah, 34 interviews. I was not planning on having that many interviews. And like, I don't wish that on anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a lot. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I've done 34 in my like entire life. People say that to me <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, that's just great. <laughs> I'm also not suggesting that this is normal by any stretch, but yeah, you know, it, it was hard, but you know, you talk about abundance and like, just like your mindset and manifestation. Like there were times when I would have like a bunch of interviews with different companies and I'm like, all right, like this is the week that like something's going to land. Like I'm going to get a new job this week. And I kid you not like every single one of them for whatever reason would fall through. And I would feel like back at square one after I just had like that many interviews. And it was so demoralizing because interviews are so stressful. Like you're constantly trying to prove to people like what you're capable of. But I realized like 
when things would fall through and I felt like I was back at square one, instead of like trying to force, force, force the process and like try so hard to get a new job, apply to like so many places. A couple times I just took a step back and was like, you know what, I'm going to take a break. Like I just did like so much work and none of it worked out and that stinks, but I'm just going to like take a deep breath for a second. A couple days, I'm just going to chill out. And I found that like when I released control, that's when the opportunities started popping up again. Yep. And all of a sudden, like I would have like three companies reach out to me and it was like really, it reinforced the fact that like, Hey, if you just like relax and like mm-hmm. release control, like these things will, will come to you. But I think like, so I would definitely suggest people to just chill out a little bit. I guess that's like kind of <laughs> funny advice, but like, I'm just such an intense person sometimes when it comes to like trying to get what I want, you know, and oh, I've realized I realized like, yeah, it's just, sometimes it's just, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're really going to burn yourself out. You're going to make yourself so stressed. And then can you imagine like being so frustrated with the interview process and then you have to go into an interview, like you're right. so stressed out and then you have to put on your best, you know, whatever. And in people can like sense when you're super stressed out and like you're down, you know? And yeah, for sure. I think another one of the things that really helped me was going to therapy. Like I'm a huge Mm -hmm. advocate for talk therapy and my therapist was just like the best to talk to, you know, when I was like going through all of these interviews and especially when I felt like I was just being kicked while I was down, you know, and being rejected or whatever. Cause I think Mm -hmm. I was rejected from like maybe half of the opportunities that I was like working through. Yeah. So yeah, that can be hard. So I just really recommend therapy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I've never thought about therapy for like a career search. Yeah. But that's, I, a, that's a really good point. Right? It's because so it is helpful. Tough. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, and you got to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, and most likely you're going to get way more rejections than you will mm-hmm. offers. That's just yeah. how it works. It's so. just the way it goes. And it doesn't mean anything about you. Like it's so no. freaking normal, you know, yeah. to be rejected. So mm-hmm. got to let yeah. it roll off your it back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I know you focus a lot on personal development and it sounds like you've been working on your mindset for a while. So what are your favorite sources of personal development content, whether that be books, podcasts, other content creators? Oh, I love this question. (laughs) So I go on like kicks of people and I get really, really obsessed with like one person (laughs) for like six months, you know? That's so funny. And so right now I'm really into the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast. Yeah. So I think Lauren Everts, Everts is like, she's just like this badass boss woman and she's just killing it with her business alongside her husband, Michael Bostic. And they just have a lot of like personal development slash business like episodes that I've really been loving. I definitely don't think it's for everyone. Like they're very, like she's very, <laughs> she's super funny, but she's very um like honest and, you know, in your Direct, face kind yeah. of about how she yeah. feels, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's for everyone, but I do find her especially to be really motivating. And then I don't know if you've ever listened to Ed Milet. Yeah. Okay. Love him. I actually have seen him speak in person too. He's no awesome. No way. Where did you see him speak? Yeah. It was at a conference for this company that I was working with. Oh my gosh. I yeah. would love that. He's like larger <laughs> than life. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's so awesome. Okay. Yeah, in this like great. weird way, he like kind of reminds me of my dad. <laughs> my da- <laughs> I'm dying. I know. <laughs> my dad is That's like, hilarious. it's just so weird. But anyway. I just think your dad must be ripped then because okay and my life he like is in the gym <laughs> maybe not physically I love you dad for listening. Um, 
Um, but anyway, he's fantastic. And then, okay, I don't know if, oh, have you ever listened to Real Pod by Victoria Garrick? No, I haven't heard of that one. She, she, I think she's like 23 years old, but she has her own podcast and she's just like, she talks about everything under the sun. A lot of like body positivity and just Mm -hmm. like being comfortable in who you are. And she, her podcast is called Real Pod. So she literally talks about like therapy, like anything she's experiencing, she will share with her followers and with the podcast. And I just think that's so interesting. Yeah. And then the last one I'll say is um, for blogging. I don't know if anybody's like into blogging, but I know this is like a side hustle kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. have you listened or like seen any of by Sophia Lee's content? The name sounds familiar, actually. Oh, my gosh. She is incredible. She like has, I think, like four or five employees under her. And she's maybe like 22 years old, makes a million dollars a year, over a million dollars a year with her, her blog. And she's just incredible and so motivating. And she has great YouTube videos. That's probably where I've seen her. Yeah. Great YouTube. And her Instagram, she's awesome too. She adds just so much value. And yeah, she's fantastic. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to check those out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I know you've made a lot of shifts and moves in your career and your business. So what would you say to somebody who is trying to figure out their next move, whether that be in their business, career, life? whatever. Yes. Okay. So I would say figure out where you want to go in the future and then work your way backwards in order to figure out how to get there. So for instance, if you want to pay off $10,000 of debt, figure out like by the end of the year, figure out how much you have to put towards your debt each month until the end of the year in order to get there. Because I think breaking down your goals into bite-sized pieces makes them a little bit more realistic versus like Mm -hmm. if you just have this real big grandiose goal, that's kind of just You don't really know how you're going to get there by working backwards and like figuring out how you, what you can do incrementally each month or each week in order to get there eventually is going to be key for you. Mm -hmm. Same goes like if you're, you want to be promoted at your job, you know, like what do you have to do in order to get there? Who do you have to network with? What kind of projects do you have to work on? Like what kind of people do you need to meet, talk to? How how can you up-level your skills? What skills need to be up-leveled? just being like very intentional about the steps you're going to take to get there. I think it's really easy to set very broad, large goals. And we get really excited about those things because we're like, oh my goodness, like it would be amazing if I could hit this goal. But really ask yourself, like, how are you going to do it? How are you going to get there? Yeah, exactly. It's nice to set goals. I love goal setting, but you definitely have to take action in order to achieve them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. really, Really good tips. (laughs) <laughs> so everyone always says, oh, I wish I had known this sooner or I would have done things differently. So I'm curious, what is the most important lesson you've learned or a lesson that you've learned when it comes to managing your money or career that you think would be helpful for our audience to know? That's a great question. And I think I would say starting to invest as soon as possible. I'm really glad that I invested while I was paying off my debt because that meant that once I was finally debt free, I didn't have a net worth of zero. I was, you know, tens of thousands of dollars ahead of the game, thank goodness, because Mm -hmm. I wasn't investing much, but I was doing like at least up until the company match of my 401k. And I would toss like $100 here, $100 there in an IRA as I went, very rarely. But I think like looking back, I just wish I had gotten started sooner on my finances, you know, like, yeah. 
I wish I didn't take that two years and just like, I mean, I'm sure I had a blast. I know I had a blast, like (laughs) (laughs) pretending like I had no money issues, no debt. But man, I probably would be like way ahead of the game right now if I, I still do think I'm in a great spot, but it's crazy to think I would be even farther along had I just Mm -hmm. gotten started sooner. But everybody has their own, you know, journey. You figure it Mm -hmm. out when you figure it out. Yeah. You start taking it seriously. Like you could be told something like the same thing, like, hey, you should get your finances together like 10 times over the course of like five years and it doesn't hit you or register until that like 10th time. Yeah. But yeah. When of it course. comes to money, like listen the first time someone tells you, like, <laughs> you know, in best. I hope my sister is listening because I've told them like a ton <laughs> of times you need to start investing. <laughs> yes. Get the money. Get the money. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, where can listeners find you online? Yeah, so you can check out my blog, imperfecttailor.com. I post new blog posts every Monday and Wednesday. I absolutely love blogging. That's like my favorite thing. Or on Instagram, at imperfecttailor, pretty much at imperfecttailor, um, wherever. All the socials, TikTok, Pinterest, (laughs) all over the place. Love it. Well, thank you so much. I loved hearing your story and love your authenticity. So yeah, appreciate you sharing. And I'm sure a lot of people took a lot of tips away from this episode. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And I will talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at first hustle then brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode.